0: In Hebrews it says, Wherefore, or therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. And the heavenly calling is an invitation. And the invitation goes out, as we know, to whosoever will, to everyone in the world. It goes out to every heart. And the admonition there is the holy brethren consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ. And there is this heavenly call, this heavenly invitation, that when it goes forth, the heart that is receptive to it recognizes that this is something that is higher, this is something that is much, much uh, further beyond where the individual is, And because of that, discerning that, hearing that, there is a response in the heart. And I remember when the gospel was first preached to me that I didn't understand very much, but in my heart I knew that there was something there in the words that were said, something uh, that was read from the scriptures that was given to me, spoken to me that I recognized was different. Now, I was a young man born in this world with all the desires and directions that a young man may have. But when I heard the word, there was something there. I couldn't quite understand it. But the Lord touched my heart in a way where I did respond to him. This call... I believe is a different language, totally different language. It's different than the language of this world. It's different than what we knew before. And in some instances, even today, with quote unquote Christians, this heavenly language is not discerned for various reasons. Now the same call, the same language that came forth to you in your life, in your heart, that caused you to respond to Jesus Christ, is that very same language that is used even today by the Lord to reach out and to do something in your life to cause a response in you so that we would begin to walk in a different way to walk in places that before this we had no idea even existed. And so in Jeremiah, turn to Jeremiah 1, the prophets knew this heavenly language. Jeremiah 1, verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, Ah, oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am young, or I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. So he's, he's hearing the Lord. He's, he's hearing these words. He's hearing this heavenly language. He says, Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to, to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. So even as a youth, Jeremiah recognizes the heavenly call or the heavenly language that the Lord was going to speak to him and that which is going to influence his life so much that he will do things that he never would have done before. He will go to places he never would have gone before and he will say things that he would never have said before. And the heavenly language that the Spirit of God speaks is to do in us what nothing else could do and nothing else would do. And the heavenly heavenly language spoken to you will change you so much that after a period of time, you will look back and you won't even know the person that you were before. In Isaiah 6, you can go and read prophet after prophet after prophet. And you can see in their life that they were able to hear the heavenly language. And I'm not just meaning the Lord spoke to them, the Lord spoke to them. Yes, that's true. But the Lord didn't speak to them 24-7. You understand that, right? At a certain point, he would speak to them. At another point in their, their walk, he would speak to them. But he wasn't speaking 24-7, just like he doesn't speak 24-7 to you. So there will be times when you will have to walk in this life and you will have to discern uh, this great profession, as it says in Hebrews, uh, the apostle uh, of, of our profession, Jesus Christ, you will, be able, you will have to be able to discern His moving. You will have to be able to hear the direction for your life. You will have to be able to hear a different language in order to walk with the Lord, in order to walk with God. For example, like Enoch we see in Genesis, he walked with God. But See, that doesn't tell us much in his life, but... We do know he walked with God. And in order to walk with God, you must hear this language. You must hear it. You must uh, be attentive to it and, and move along with that. In Isaiah 6, verse 8, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. So for, in order for Isaiah to say, here am I, send me, he had to recognize this heavenly language. He heard, and what he heard, he discerned, he knew, was different than the language of this world, was different than the language he heard uh, those speak around him. He was, it was different than all that he ever knew before this time. And the Lord spoke, and he was able to discern that this was a different language. The response that the Lord wants from us will only come forth when we hear something other than what we've heard before or what we hear in the world. There must be a, a hearing of this other language in order to walk in the places that God desires us to walk. Now, there is this phrase. Turn to John. There is this phrase in the New Testament. And, it, and I was looking at this this morning. I, I wasn't even thinking about this, but you know, a scripture came to mind. And as I was thinking about the scripture, I looked it up, and then I saw this little phrase that says, "...of the Spirit." And in John 3, this is in the New Testament quite often. But just to show you this, in a very familiar portion of Scripture here, John 3, verse 5. Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, or or born of the Spirit, as it says in the King James. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So, of the Spirit, to me, is meaning that there is another way, there's another language that we must perceive. And that's not something that just because you're birthed into the kingdom that every single christian hears this of the spirit Uh, it says in in galatians that we are to be led of the spirit see in the spirit although he may not speak to you all the time he will lead you and in that leading we must hear something we must be able to discern something we must be able to to follow on with him as he leads, and there are those who do not discern or understand uh, this this of the Spirit, this heavenly language, and they they don't catch certain things because of various reasons, because of the direction that they go, because of of um, the way that they want to walk in their life, what they want to do, and so on. But let's go on here in verse 8 also. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell uh, where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit, of the Spirit. Now in 1 Corinthians, there's one more verse here with that phrase. 1 Corinthians 2, isn't it nice to, to know that the Lord is on your side? Do you know He's on your side? If you're desiring Him and you're walking in the way, He's on your side. And when the Lord is on your side, or if the, put it this way, if the Lord is with you, He will do things in you to help you to recognize and see and hear this heavenly language. In 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12, now we have received not the spirit of the world. So the the spirit of the world, that's talking about a totally different language. The world has its language, you know. And those in the world understand that language to a great extent, uh, and they recognize and are attracted to that language uh, that is, you know, throughout the entire system, world system. And they are attracted to people who are able to speak the language of the world the best. there, There are those who can speak a language in the world that is very, very attractive to the flesh, and they will speak that and draw people. And they'll draw them and draw them. Now, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So that there is to be a knowing of these things given by God. Uh, There is to be a heart that moves out toward that which God is giving. There is to be a heart that wants to hear another language other than the language of the world. Verse 13, these things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Verse 14, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. See, that's a different language. Now, he's not necessarily just meaning... The carnal nature, the carnal man, he's even speaking of the natural man. You know, everybody's born a natural person. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. They cannot, he cannot receive this other language. He cannot. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know. It doesn't The word them is added by the translator. Neither can he know because they are spiritually discerned. There is an examination of that which is spiritual. Well, you know what? Unless we are able to hear this language, we will not be able to discern or examine what is spiritual. So... The prophets knew this language. The apostles knew this language. Turn to Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. Excuse me. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Why? Think about this. They're there mending their nets or cleaning them, whatever they were doing. Jesus walks by, and all he says is, follow me, that's it. They didn't respond and say, what do you mean? Follow you where? Where are we going? What's going on here? None of that. It says they immediately dropped what they were doing and started to walk with the Lord, follow him. Why? See, because... In those two words, follow me, this was something they never heard before. Now, they heard the Pharisees. They heard the Sadducees. They heard those around them in their neighborhood in the fishing business. They heard them all talk. But this may have been the first time they ever heard the heavenly language. And Jesus says, follow me. And immediately they dropped their nets and they respond because they're hearing something that is totally different than anything they ever heard in their life before. When the gospel was preached to me, I was sitting there, and I was I, it's just like, I don't know how to say it, but it was like this thing opened up right in the house. It just opened up, and there were things floating around. I didn't know what was going on, and, and I'm hearing these words, and I even grabbed the Bible, and they, they showed me where this was in the Bible. And I'm reading it, and I'm, I'm listening. And, and this went on for, I don't know, at least three or four hours, I would say. And I was hearing things, and I knew that, that what I was hearing wasn't the same as what I've been hearing all my life, even going to church. Went to church every day before school. And went to church on Sunday. Heard them read the Gospels, heard the epistles read, or parts of them. This was different. This was very different, it caught my attention, and I listened. I didn't understand. It didn't make sense to me, in a manner of speaking, but yet there was something there. In these words. And I just listened and listened and listened. And after three or four hours, the invitation came forth Would you like to receive Christ as your Savior? I said, Yeah. I believe that this was the heavenly language, and it was the first time I ever heard it. And because I, I was able somehow, by the Spirit of God working there, to open up my ears and to open up my heart so that I could respond and come in and be birthed into the kingdom. But see, that same thing has happened to all of us, but that's not the end of it. That's just the beginning of it. The apostles, the prophets, they all knew this heavenly language. They heard the heavenly language, and they began to speak this heavenly language. And it's, it's very similar to in the natural where if you hear a language that you don't know, and you hear it, and you keep hearing it, you keep hearing it, then, then you'll start to understand certain words, like my grandchildren. Uh, they're hearing the language every day, English, every day. Uh, they wake up with it. They're ta- ta- you talk to them all day long uh, and at night. And after so long, they start to understand. And then after a while, maybe two or three years, they start to speak. And then they start to grow and their language gets better and better. And then eventually they become fluent in that language. Well, in in spirit, you you know, we can hear and start to hear this heavenly language and start to understand. But see, if we take a detour. If we're going to go to another country where now this language is not going to be spoken and we're not going to hear it, then we're going to lose what we've heard. Uh, like they say uh, with the language when you're first starting to learn it, if you don't use it, you lose it. And that's true. So the Lord, He continues on. See, Regardless of what man, men do, regardless of what Christians do, the Lord continues on He's going to continue to go and you know move along, and He doesn't want so to speak to be alone. See He wants someone by his side, and that someone is you. see so you are going to need to be in close proximity to him to begin to hear. And understand this language until you become fluent in it. And once you become fluent in it, then you will be able to to walk, you will be able to be um, a mouthpiece, you will be able to speak a different language. And I'm not speaking about speaking in tongues here at all, talking about something totally different. Now, there are certain hindrances, and I'm I'm just going to read these. In Jeremiah twenty three twenty six says, "Prophets, they were prophets of the deceit of their heart," speaking of false prophets. So, the deceit of the heart can cause a person to not hear and not uh, progress in uh, or discern this heavenly language, and. You see in various places in Jeremiah and in Kings, you have these prophets that are are false prophets, or the prophets that come and say, no, God is going to prosper, God's going to do this in Israel, blah, 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 blah. They they prophesied all these things. And then you had someone like Jeremiah, who was prophesying the destruction, who was prophesying captivity, and so forth. And the people, because they were listening to the false prophets, they were listening to those who were speaking out of the the deceit of their heart. They were speaking a worldly language. And whenever Jeremiah came by and he's speaking the the heavenly language, there was no no way or no place in them to receive those words because of the deceit in their own heart. There was no openness. There was no, well, you know, God show me, I'm not sure. None of that because of the deceit. There was no room to hear or to know or to learn the heavenly language that Jeremiah was speaking. And Then also in Jeremiah, it says, the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man uh, who walks to direct his own steps. So the way of man is the way of the world. The way of man uh, is the language of the world. The way of man is the language of the, the flesh or the language of that which is in the natural. That is the way of man. And in in that particular heart condition, a person cannot understand or perceive the heavenly language. And in uh, Isaiah, it says this Woe unto those who call evil good and good evil. Well, see, that's the language of the world. The world does that all the time. You can actually hear that from people, and you can hear it uh, on TV or wherever where they they say this is good we call evil good you know homosexuality is is good that's the only sin that has become a non sin in the eyes of people today it was a sin as far as god's concerned in the bible but now they're making it a non sin what's the language of the world call good evil and evil good Proverbs says, do not speak in the hearing of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of your words. See, because why, why will the fool despise the wisdom of your words? In other words, the, the heavenly language, because they're not interested in this language. They don't know this language. They have no desire to go and know anything other than what a fool wants to know that's it. So when you come to Galatians, and you come to the New Testament, and you, you see where Paul talks about uh, walking in the spirit, see the Spirit, the spirit is a different language, has a different language than the language of the world. And just think about this a minute. Has the Lord and I believe he's done that for most everyone here where the Lord comes and he may show you a way, you know, to go in a situation. And you say, Lord, that does not make sense to me. You know, it's like you see in the Bible, uh, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you. Well, wait a second. How is humbling going to bring exaltation? It doesn't make sense. So the Spirit of God may say, this is what I want you to do, or this is what I don't want you to do. Or the Spirit of God say, no, walk in this path, or do this. And You say, well, you know what? You're saying to yourself, well, that doesn't make sense. Many times, many times, the language of the Spirit of God will not make sense. See, will we trust in our own thinking, which is in the natural? The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, that language. The natural man can't receive that. The natural man is interested in going hither and here and there, doing this and doing that. The natural man is tied to the earth. Of course, he has to be because he's natural. But see, the language of the Spirit cannot be learned it cannot be heard by the carnal Christian. You have the same thing. The carnal Christian will not perceive the language of the Spirit, and that is why at times you see church splits, because someone when you when you have two groups in a church that are opposing one another, uh, and I've, I've seen this firsthand years ago. You have a group or maybe a handful of people that are saying, okay, this is the way we are to go. This is the Spirit of God. And then you have another group over here that says, no, this is the way we should go. We shouldn't go that way. Just like the, the people listen to the false prophets rather than the true prophet. So one of the uh, or the other in this situation, most of the time, is going to be hearing a different language. But see, now the people have to discern, they have to decide, you know, what is the language of the spirit and what is the language of the flesh? Well, let me reason it out. Let me think about it. Well, you're not going to get it that way. You're not going to get it that way. I remember years ago, whenever some things happened in the church, and an individual left the church. There was another individual that uh, had, we had a meeting, and he was voicing his concerns about the reason this person left. And it went back and forth. And the Spirit of God came and, and showed me that it was okay. That I heard him say that this individual leaving, is fine. Don't, don't even concern yourself with it, just continue on. And so after this uh, going back and forth in this meeting, I shared what the Lord had shown me, and and that individual could not receive something. Now, see, was it me speaking, or was it that I heard another language? I believe I heard another language. The Spirit of God showed me that. And so with a church split, you know, which one... I don't want to say which one is right, but which one is the the, the language of heaven? And which one is the language of the world? And thank God I was able, as a young Christian, to hear that language because I remember when I first came to the Lord, I heard that language. And then when I was listening to what was going on, I was able to discern that language. You know, not trying to say, well, I like this person better, so, you know, I think they're right, and this is the way we should go. Uh, you know, uh, these people I don't know. Blah, blah. No, not that. But I was able to, to hear. I, I was just stood back and watched, and I was able to hear, listening for this heavenly language. And whenever I heard that, I knew the direction the Lord wanted to go. And so this becomes something in our lives that we should be attuned to. And the Lord will move and he will do certain things. And some will hear it, and discern it, and know it, and others may not. So the Spirit speaks a different language. You see this in the book of Revelation. It says, he that has an ear to hear... Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So why would he say that? He says that, I think he says that to every church. And of course, that's not limited to the churches in Revelation. You know, that you know, goes forth today. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what? What the Spirit saith. Hear what? Hear a different language. Hear the heavenly Language. He that has an ear to hear. Well, everybody has ears to hear. You know, these things right here to decorate the side of your head? Well, we all have those. But he's talking about a different type of hearing. He's talking about a different language. He's talking about hear, 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 let him hear the Spirit, what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Hearing that. Now, in John 6... You turn to 1 John 1. I'll read a verse in John 6 here. It is the Spirit who gives life, Jesus says. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. See, so Jesus spoke, as we know, and he says those words are spirit, or those words are a different language than the people were hearing. The Jewish people were hearing uh, the rabbis. They were hearing uh, those, the teachers in the synagogues and so forth. When Jesus comes along, he says, My words, and they, they even said, This man teaches with authority. He teaches different. Because his, spirit, his, his um, words were spirit and life. He was speaking the language of the Father. He says, what I see the Father do, that's what I'm doing. That's a totally different language than what they heard and what they knew in uh, 1 John, chapter 1. Now, <clears throat> John here isn't, the epistle of John is not directed toward any one church like Paul's epistles. If you just look at chapter 2, verse 1, my little children. He's directing it to those that are younger, uh, be it you know, those he he knew, whoever, whoever this epistle would go to. He says, my little children, those who have uh, initially experienced salvation, who came into the kingdom. And in verse 1, he says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard. What did John hear? Well, he heard Jesus, yes. He heard a speech. He heard something he never heard before that had such an impact on his life that he decided that, I'm following this man. That which we heard from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifest. See, this language that Jesus spoke was manifest to, to all of them. It was manifest to you and I. The life was manifest and we have seen and bear witness. So so the life was manifest. They heard the heavenly language. They, They saw it. And what happened was that got into them. They started to understand it. And now he says, that which we have heard and seen, we bear witness to. So now they're speaking that language. See, we are to be speaking a different language. And um, you remember, whenever uh, Jesus says to Peter, he says, "Peter, he says, before the cock crows three times, you're going to deny. Before the cock crows twice, you're going to deny me three times. I think it was." And so, Peter's following Jesus at a distance. And at one point, they turn to Peter, the crowd, and they say, "You're one of his disciples because your speech." deny, uh, how, how's, how's that go, somebody know, you, yes, thank you, your, your uh, speech betrays you, that was very interesting, even though he couldn't go where John went, still, there was something he learned from being with the Lord, and that speech affected him, it's just like at work, uh, I, when I worked for the post office, the, the one building I worked in, there was 100 people there. And I didn't walk around telling everybody, well, I'm a Christian and I'm born again and all this. But people knew. People knew. And they would come in, come in uh, to the lunchroom, whatever, and if I was sitting there, maybe they'd start swearing, and they'd say, oh, sorry about that, excuse me. Why? <laughs> because, see, I was speaking a different language, the heavenly language even if I wasn't necessarily sharing the gospel, see, they knew that there was a different language there. That which we have seen and heard, we declare. See, now um, John is saying, now I am speaking this language. I'm declaring to you that you also may have fellowship with us or that you may learn this language also. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Then he goes on. But in the first few verses in the Epistle of John, you know, John says, I would like you to come and have fellowship with us. He's not talking about coming where he was, um, where he wrote the Epistle from. He's talking about a spiritual place, and he's inviting him to come and be with him and have fellowship in this place. And in this place where where John was, uh, he's speaking a totally different language than he did before. He's speaking a totally different language than the language of the world. And he's inviting them to walk with God, to be of the Spirit, to be around Jesus so that they can develop and mature and have a different language and understand it and begin like he, he did here, to declare that language to others. Now, in um, two more verses, or three, let me see here. I had a scripture here, I just wanted to just show you this. This is kind of a little on the side. This is in Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. Do you know that? You go out at night and look up in the stars, or... Some of you want to go online and go to the Hubble telescope. You can go actually go and see the pictures of the Hubble. And the pictures out in space are phenomenal. It says, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows and proclaims his handiwork. Day after day, he's talking about the heavens. Day after day, they pour forth speech and night after night show forth knowledge. There is no speech nor spoken word from the stars, but their voice is heard. Yet the voice is evidence. That evidence goes throughout all the earth. That's another language. See, God put that language in creation. So that's how you can go, some people can go, and be out amongst nature. For example... And look at a beautiful, beautiful flower and look at that thing under a magnifying glass and look at the intricacy of it, how it was made. And in some hearts they will say, this is declaring the glory of God. This is speaking a heavenly language. And can discern that that in creation is a language of God that is spoken day after day after day after day. People are all caught up with nature as far as all the different things that, you know, they study and what have you. And never, some of them never even see the glory of God or hear the language that comes forth from the beautiful flower that God created. So if you are attuned to that language and you see that, I mean... You' will hear something, you'll hear something. Paul says this well, let's turn to this this verse, first Corinthians chapter two. Uh, this must be a wrong reference here. let me see if it's second Corinthians. I have the wrong scripture anyway I'll read it and in, in my speech, Paul says this, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom see that's if Paul would have come, and this happens, by the way, if Paul would have come and tried to convince them using his own intellect or using his own knowledge, see, that's that's a language of the world. Uh, you get people who argue. That, that's the language of the world, okay? My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit. Demonstration of the Spirit. See, so there was something different in his speech. His speech was a demonstration of the Spirit. His speech communicated a different language to the Corinthians. And because it was quite different, it probably got their attention because, remember, they were You know, they would entertain this and entertain that. You know, they always like to hear all the different things. Um, The Greeks, you know, hear this, hear that, and hear hear this philosopher, hear that philosopher. I like this philosopher. Let's hear this one over here. They like to hear and then compare. But when Paul comes along, something he said caught their attention, caught their ear, because he was not speaking the language of the world he was speaking a different language. He was speaking a heavenly language. And he says to the Colossians, let your speech always be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. And then, in closing, um, I, well, I guess we could go there. No, you don't, we won't go there because you'll have all different translations. <laughs> Come to Song of Solomon. Uh, Song of Solomon the um, the beloved says to the betrothed, to, to the, the the daughter, the woman. He says this: thy speech is calmly. Or he says, the word calmly means beautiful. He says your speech is beautiful. Why? What was it about? Was she very articulate? You know, and very descriptive, in you know the way she talked and. Did she have this wonderful projecting voice? No, it had nothing to do with that. Her speech was beautiful because she was speaking the language of the beloved. That's why her speech was beautiful. And see, your speech, your life will be beautiful when you speak this other language, the language of the beloved, the heavenly language.